fuck is this nigga at? He was supposed to be here like 30 minutes ago so we can do this podcast, finally get this first episode out. People been wanting this. I'm fresh off a jet, just had a game last night, and this guy can't be here on time. Like, I'm finna call this dude, see where he at. If he not on the way or nearby, A, that's, that's his ass on site. B, I'm not doing these podcasts with him, so he better he better answer the phone like it. I pray to God this is him, because if it ain't, whoever is at this door is going to catch these hands. Yo, come in. Yo, bro, look, check this out, yo. About out. fucking time, bro, about look, fucking time. I know I'm late, but yeah. I'm here. I'm ready to do this. Like an hour late, bro. Look, like, let's get this shit rocking, bro. No, let's not get this shit rocking. Explain you why you late. I'm, I'm ready to work. I've been bullshitting. Yeah, I know. I, you have. I'm not the only one who thinks that. Right now, just just chill out. You look like you want to fight me. I kind of do right now. You don't want that problem though. My nigga, but what you talking out, about? Hear, hear me out, bro. I'm ready. I got my topics. Let's do this. Let's sit down and. Do All right, this. let's fucking get it, my nigga. All right, bro. Let's do it, bro. Come on, man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of many. Trust me when I say many episodes of the Project Cat Podcast. Now it's just me today. No friends or anybody else. It's just me. We <laughs> I'm gonna talk my shit today. Um hopefully this will be out today. I'm recording it. Today is um I don't know what day it is. Um I think it's the thirteenth. Yes, it's November thirteenth right now, cold as hell. Um Thanksgiving around the corner, Black Friday around the corner. Um a lot of shit coming up bro in these next few months. You're almost over, which is kind of wild. Like, I feel like I was just uh, ushering in the t- new year of 2018. I was prepping for my 22nd birthday. Um, I was getting ready for summer break. It, you know what I'm saying? I I feel like we were just there. And now we're, all, we're about to do it all over again. Um, Jordan year coming up. But that's neither here nor there, man. I'm, I'm excited to be doing this again. I've been putting this off. This is supposed to be last week. Um, man, before last week, it was supposed to be weeks ago. So, but I'm here finally. I'm um, no more bullshit, bro. No more bullshit. I'm trying to have out like two episodes a week. Um, it just hit me last night, like man, let's just stop bullshitting and start putting in some work. Um, it's been a quiet year for me, music, podcasts, all that. I haven't really done anything uh, publicly uh, in terms of releasing stuff. I've been working behind the scenes, of course, keeping keeping up with what's going on. Um, well, yeah, man, I'm excited to be here. This is episode one on November 13th. We're going to start things off with some NBA moving to, to the music world, and then we're just going to venture off from there into to the movie world, movie industry. Uh, first and foremost, before I even go any, any further, R.I.P. to Stan Lee, um, a legend. Uh, he, he definitely helped what create what my childhood was and what it like what my life is around now, with, with like especially like with Spider-Man. Spider-Man was... <laughs> like my favorite superhero still kind of is um he he definitely created a lot of things that i love in terms of um comics tv movies whatever so rp to a legend 95 years old um i'm hoping or i'm i'm hoping that i'm lucky enough to see 95 years because that's a lot of life that's a lot of shit you see a lot of shit you go through um and it's it's kind of cool just to see just how many people have been impacted by him as fans, as people who work close to him, um, just all over social media. I even saw some people trying to attack him with uh, trying to do the whole sexual allegation shit. And, um, of 
course, people on Twitter just have no remorse. They're, you know, doing memes and shit with him passing. It's just like people show no remorse um, in this era of social media. It's like if you, no matter if you you die, you do something great, it doesn't matter. People are going to find a way to make a meme out of you. And it's it's crazy. That's what we turned into. Um, like I saw a picture, I guess, it'll, I haven't seen uh infinity war with thanos but i understand the concept of like with the whole fade in a way i don't feel so good they did that with stan lee i just found that to be tasteless uh of course people are eating it up in the comments finding that shit hilarious and kind of feeding off of that and making their own memes in the comments just like bro this is, this is a crazy world we live in today where people will pass and you go on social media and people are creating memes slandering their name whatever the case might be um i just find that to be very like it's just low it's sad to see that um a man passed away 95 years old uh somebody who is an icon and people can't just have the decency to respect um just respect that respect that he had he's created a life full of history a life full of uh, a, a great legacy let's put it like that he's created what a legacy that nobody i don't think anybody can follow um or mirror or anything like that and people just can't find it within themselves just to not you know just not to feed into that meme shit like just just take some time off from that shit just dial it back shape back relax and just just let this let people mourn let people celebrate his life rp to stan lee man for real um but we're gonna start off with some nba shit like last night golden state took an l to the clippers uh which surprised me uh, it, it kind of surprised me at the same time it did because they didn't have Curry. But I feel like with the firepower that they still had available, they could compete um, with L.A. And I felt like they should have beat them. But um, what I saw, it came down to the wire fourth quarter, Draymond. What I want to talk about is the play Draymond tried to make it uh, the end of the fourth quarter. Um, he tried to take it full court on the inbound. KD was calling for it behind him. Of course, I'm putting the ball in KD hands. That's a killer. You've seen what he's done, especially in these past few years. He had a dagger on Braun in the finals. Why would you not put the ball in his hands? I mean, that's not even out, even outside of that play. You should put the ball in his hands. I'm just using that as an example as to why I would want the ball in Kevin Durant's hand for the final shot so that we don't have to go to OT. But Draymond tried to go full court, tried to press the fuck out of it. Ran into a four-man situation. It was one-on-four. Uh, somebody tipped the ball. He he lost it. and It was bad, bro. It was just bad. Draymond, I've always said if Draymond was on his own team, he wouldn't be shit. Like, if you put Draymond, like, in, uh, say, Memphis or Brooklyn or uh, – I won't even say Brooklyn because Brooklyn's actually pretty good, um, minus the Karis LeVert injury. Um Prayers up for him. He's been having a hell of a year. He had a similar injury to, like, Gordon Hayward and Paul George. Uh, so, you know, that's going to be a little lengthy recovery. Um, and his team definitely took a took a hit with that one. Uh, they've been playing great. Shout out to the boys in Brooklyn. Um, but Draymond, if you put Draymond, like, in Memphis or, or, or Atlanta, I won't even say Atlanta because then he still has somebody like Curry and Trey, Trey Young, somebody that can – score off the dribble that can shoot from deep. If you put Draymond on a team that really is limited, like really limited, he won't be a great player. Like he makes some some questionable decisions like that play. And I'm just like, Draymond, bro, you 
essentially cost your team that game with that play. But you you can never put a whole game on one play because you got to consider what led up to to that one play. Like why did you guys? Why were you guys in that position anyway? So, but I still feel like that play could have went another way. Could have went to KD. And they probably could have been at the house with another win. They wouldn't have three L's on their record right now. But they eventually went on to lose in OT. I think by like six or seven uh, points. KD had his first trip dub of the season. Um, but some shit I want to talk about in terms of go to state. I was watching last week the Golden State Bucks game where Milwaukee ripped them to shreds. That was the game. Curry went out with, I think, a left abductor strain, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody uh, check on that for me. Um, He went down with a strain of of some kind, um, and I think they lost by, like, 20, 30 points. But I was thinking, like, if if Golden State, like, at its best, think think about it this way. If Golden State at their best with their full five, like, Boogie healthy, Curry healthy, everybody healthy. Imagine if you swap Kevin Durant with Giannis, bro. I every time I think about that shit, it, it's scary because I mean it's not likely to happen. Like I mean, the a the likelihood of there being a trade for KD and Giannis is very, very, very slim. Uh, the chance of Giannis even being a Golden State is very, very slim. I think he's Milwaukee's franchise player until he starts to hit a decline and he wants to move on elsewhere, whatever. You know how players get when teams, uh, when they sit with the team for a long time and they no longer are competing in the playoffs, eventually that star player will move on somewhere else. If not, they pull like a Dirk or a Kobe and they just stay with the franchise for 19, 20 years. But um, I doubt Giannis will ever end up in Golden State. Um, so, but it's just, it's just like, damn, what would that be like if KD and Giannis switched places? I don't think Golden State will lose a game at all, bro. You got Curry, Clay, Draymond, <laughs> cheeks, uh, Giannis, and Boogie, bro. That's not fair. It's not fair still with KD, but with Giannis, though, bro, he's not, he's, I think, I think with LeBron out the East, he's the, like, king of the East now to me. Like, he's unguardable. He's a freak of nature, bro. He, You can't really – I don't think you can really put nobody on him outside of, like, Anthony Davis and KD. But KD's outpowered, and I don't think Anthony Davis can stick with him speed-wise. Like, I think Giannis has a one-up on both of them in some areas. So, I don't know who you could put on him. I wouldn't even put Kawhi on him. Kawhi is, a, the to me, the best defensive wing player uh, in the game, but I don't think that's enough to stop Giannis because of his length. Uh, so it's like he's got a one-up on every matchup, which is not not fair at all. And it sucks that he's in the East um, because we have to see them. We have to see them quite a few times in the regular season and possibly in the playoffs again. Luckily, we got through them last year in five games, but this is a different monster now. Him and Joel, like I was telling friends the other day, or yesterday, uh, I'm I'm afraid of Philly. And it's not, because, not only because of Jimmy Butler. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, but it's Joel. Joel is on a tear this year. He's leading the league in scoring um, in total points and I think average. So, yeah, we beat them last year, but, bro, Joel is a different kind of monster this year. They have Jimmy Butler now. We've been playing like shit. You got you to gotta realize that, like, a lot of people still have the Celtics being the surefire favorite to win the East. I don't think so no more. Not right now. Not the way we were 7-5, dropping – Easy wins, games that we should be winning. And then Philly just got stronger. Milwaukee is good. Great, my bad. 
Toronto just lost their second game last night uh, to, or it was either last night or the day before the New Orleans, at home, first L at home. Um, so I don't think the Celtics are the surefire, like the the certified favorite to win the East at all. Like, and that's my squad, and I'm being unbiased because I just don't like what I'm seeing from them at all. I'll take Toronto or Philly before I take us, right now. If the if the playoffs are there today. I don't see us going to the finals. I see Toronto being my number one, Philly my number two, us three, and then Milwaukee four. That's me. That's how I see it. But Jimmy Butler going to Philly is very interesting because um, they now they kind of have a big four themselves with Markel, Ben, uh, Jimmy, and Joel. It's going to be interesting to see uh, just how the offense is played because you got – um, Joel, I mean, you got Ben Simmons who likes to push the ball, Markel who likes to push the ball. I feel like Jimmy likes to slow the game down a little bit. He's not like one of these guys who, you know, uh, presses the ball fast on a fast break. Uh, I think he likes to play it a little more methodical, assess the defense. Um, so, and I'm sure he'll be playing a lot more off ball now since he's got technically two guards, two point guards, um, with Ben Simmons and Markel. So he'll be playing a little bit more off ball. He'll probably be uh, fading on wings or whatever the case might be, just waiting in corners. Uh, and that's just gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how it's spread out the the, the floor is gonna be, and with like those four at least, because all three of them can can play from the wing, can play from the outside. I mean, Ben Simmons can't shoot from the outside, but he likes to at least you know. Um, play off the dribble from the outside, you know, come to the uh, drive through the lane, dish it out, go for a score, whatever. Um, so it's going to be interesting interesting to see how they play this year uh, for the rest of the year and then going into the playoffs, how how the offense is ran. Defense, I'm not worried. You got uh, Jimmy Butler, who's a dog on defense. Ben Simmons, he's he's respectable on defense. Markel, same thing. Joel's a monster on D. So I'm not worried about the D. It's the offense. I'm interested to see how that's going to play. Um. Uh, and I think and I, for one thing, I think Minnesota won that trade because if I'm not mistaken, this is Jimmy Butler's last year on his contract. So you got technically four players. Um, you filled the void because Jeff Teague's out. So you got a point guard, Jerry Bayless, who's an, uh, not like this. Everybody knows he's not a superstar, but he's a, an efficient point guard to hold over until Jeff Teague comes back. So I think that's that's great, um, especially to come behind D Rose. Um, and then you got Dario Sars who who can score from anywhere, from the three. He can post up. He can play around the rim. Uh, Covington, he can pretty much the same thing. They both can both are respectable on defense. So you you got some great talent for great talent. Uh, you fill the void, like I said. You got a pick, um, and that pick can you can either use that pick or facilitate that into another trade. So you you got some leverage with that pick. Um, and you might, if you use it, you can find a sleeper. And you know, anything can happen with that pick. So I think they definitely won that because they got four players. It was a two for four, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Philly got another player along with Jimmy. I don't know who that nigga is, um, but it's interesting to see uh, that how that trade worked and seeing how like other teams were interested in getting Jimmy, like Miami. I think New York. Oh, I think New York kind of pulled out because they they felt like. Um, why trade for him and give up something now when we can just sign him in offseason? So that's smart for them to think that way. And then same thing. For, I think Miami kind of – I don't know if Miami thought the same thing. I think they were more persistent than New York. And then Houston's trade didn't make sense to me because four – you getting four 
draft picks from Houston who's probably going to be good for the foreseeable. So those picks won't really amount to much to equal the talent of Jimmy Butler. You, you're not going to get enough talent in those draft picks to to even out that trade, you know what I'm saying, to make that a fair trade. I think Dario, Robert Covington, and Jared Bayless, those are you getting two great scores and defenders, and you're filling a void that point guard position, and you're getting a pick. Uh, I think that's a win for Minnesota. I think that's a, a great trade. I don't know what other trades they had available to them, like from Miami and, and if New York had a trade on the table. I don't know if even Boston had something to do with it. Um, I'm, I'm, I think Minnesota definitely won that trade for sure. Now, speaking of new moves, Tyson Chandler got moved to the Lakers after I think he had a buyout with Phoenix. It was about time he got out of there. He, he did uh, – I think he – Definitely helped out in terms of being a mentor, uh, being a, a 18 year vet, helping out those young guys, you know, mature a little bit, even though they still are ass, still have a lot of work to do. I think just having Tyson Chandler on that team was good for them, but he's finally moved on, so now he can help a team compete for a playoff spot and maybe a championship, which I, I doubt. Sorry, LA, I doubt that's happening. Uh, you need way more than Tyson Chandler to play for the finals. I don't think you have a shot in hell with this team you got right now. Um, you got to go through, like, Houston. I don't even think y'all can beat San Antonio, um, Minnesota, um, Utah, Houston. I say Houston, Golden State for sure. That's, <laughs> we know that. Um, I can go down the list. There's so many teams. I, I don't even think y'all can beat Sacramento. They're not even going to the playoffs probably. I don't think the L.A. – I don't think the Lakers have enough to compete in any series in the playoffs right now. Just – I don't you you pick a team. I I got them uh, I got them beating L A in seven games. I mean out of seven games, it can be a sweet five six seven. It doesn't matter. I don't think L A is beating any of these elite Western teams that are for sure going to the playoffs. Denver, you know you can name any team. I don't I don't I don't think it's gonna happen. But other night watching Minnesota and L A play when uh, it was Tyson's first game, uh, I was talking to Sean about this too. Sean, T shout out to my boy. Um, Tyson Chandler got away with two fouls in that game, for sure. Uh, I know this is, like, a few games old now, like a few few days old or whatever, but he got away with a foul on Carl Anthony Townsend late in the fourth, and then he got away with a foul on Derrick Rose when Derrick Rose went for that game winner. He is clear as day. You don't even need to do, do a replay. He hit that man hand, that, his shooting hand. That's a foul. Come on now. I don't know. I don't know how they judge fouls. I heard the commentator say something about why it's not a foul, um, and it has something to do with the shooting hand. I'm like, that don't make no sense. He hit his shooting hand. That should be a foul. That's Y'all call a foul on uh, brush-offs when p- players do pump fakes. Uh, all the other bullshit, that's not a foul. I, don't, I, I think they pick and choose what's a foul, um, and I think that's bullshit. But Tyson Chandler got away with two fouls, helped the Lakers win. Um, and then the other night he uh, had a had a game saving block on Trey Young, um, and Trey Young, from what I've been told, was cooking that game. I haven't seen the highlights yet or a replay of the game. I need to go check that out. Uh, I've been slacking on NBA a little bit, like if, in the past few days. Um, I need to I need to get caught back up to speed uh, in terms of like who's been playing great, uh, what's been going on in some games, but. To expand a little bit on what was going on with the Lakers, though, I just hate that they think that firing Luke Walton 
is going to be the answer. At least like the media, you they think that firing or Luke Walton's on the hot seat, like it's his fault. It's not always the coach. It's not always the coach's fault as to why a team is not playing great. Like I was just talking to my boy Brendan the other day on FaceTime. Luke Walton not out there playing. You can't blame Luke Walton because these niggas ain't playing defense or because they're not communicating on switches or they giving up easy buckets. It's not Luke Walton's fault. He writing up plays. You can't fire that man because he's giving these guys plays and they're not delivering. You got the best player in the world on your team. And it's Luke Walton's fault. Just like it was, I mean, Ty Lue. <laughs> I, I don't think Ty Lue could coach last year. I mean, but that was a different situation. Luke Walton has talent on his team outside of Braun. You couldn't really say much. Like, you can't say that about that Cleveland team last year outside of, like, Kevin Love. You really didn't know what you was getting from those other guys. But, like, you got Kuzma. You got Ingram. Lonzo even. Uh, I think Lonzo and Rondo, one of them two need to go. That's overkill. You got two of the same point guards. You limited at that point guard position. You ain't got a point guard that can really score. That's where that's some trouble. That's part of the reason right there. You, you, I understand when you signed Rondo. I think Lonzo was going through his leg injury, so you needed a point guard. But why go get a, a, a like a replica of your current point guard? You know what I'm saying? The point guard that you want to carry this franchise. I think they need to make some trades like Ingram. And, and either Rondo or Alonzo plus something else need to get packaged to go get something, you know what I'm saying, something to help y'all score and defend. It's not Luke Walton's fault. Like, Luke Walton um, is one hell of a coach. You saw what he did when Steve Kerr went down to Golden State. He came into L.A. and he's been helping his team improve. And all of a sudden, y'all playing like ass now is Luke Walton's fault. No, it's this team you've got assembled, Magic Johnson. Come on, G. I don't know, bro. I personally think, in terms of this point guard position, D'Angelo Russell would have been better than Lonzo. Think about it. D'Angelo Russell, Josh Hart, you got Ingram, Kuzma at the three, Braun, and then you got um, you got JaVale. Tell me that's not a better team just right there. D'Angelo over Lonzo. I don't think Lonzo is better for this team than D'Angelo. I don't think that trade should have ever happened. Imagine if they kept him. I think they would be way better. They would be scoring way uh, uh, much more uh, because D'Angelo is a much better scorer, and that's a no-brainer. If I think everybody knows that, especially in NBA level. Uh, D'Angelo is a way better scorer than, than Lonzo, and that's what they need. They need somebody who can score at that one position because you can't. Lonzo out here shooting air balls, bro, open air balls. Where do they do that at? That's some 2K shit. He ain't holding that release long enough. Like that's some that's wild to me. This I saw a clip of this man in the corner, butt ass naked, air ball in the corner three, bro. How, coach? And you've been working on that jumper? Come on, dog. Come on, dog. I don't believe it. That's some cap shit to me. That's that's a big cap. Um, that's that's tough to me, bro. Um, I, I just really think they should have they should have really like evaluated everything like before they did that D'Angelo Russell trade because everybody knew when they trade when they trade I think bef- at the time when they traded D'Angelo they didn't have Lonzo yet but it was like this it was like 
everybody knew that Alonzo was going to get drafted by the Lakers at that point. Um, that's why they, when they traded D'Angelo, it was like a gimme. It was, it was a gimme that he was going, they was, they were going to, uh, they were going to draft Lonzo that year. So I think they should have thought about that. Um, they should have really thought about that a little bit more because I think D'Angelo would have been well, like way better fitted for this team. Like him and Josh Hart, just that's, that's a great backcourt. <laughs> Tell me I'm lying. Josh Hart is a dog. D'Angelo Russell would have been great. And uh, I think if anybody can't agree with that, then you you tripping, dog. You tripping. But we're going to migrate into the music world right now. Uh, I've been posting a lot of polls on my Twitter. Uh, thank you, Siege, uh, C-E-E-J. Uh, follow me on my personal Twitter. Uh, I'll be posting a lot of polls about just everything, music, uh, <laughs> best pizza, best chicken, everything. Anything that comes to my mind, and I think – that is a great uh, topic starter, I guess. It, I, I make a poll out of it. You know what I'm saying? I might not get 100 votes. I might get like 20 or something, nine here. It's still just cool to see what people think. So, uh, recently I posted on Twitter a few polls in terms of Travis and Drake, who had a better year and whose album was better. Now, and I personally think Travis won this year, both having a better year and a better album. Uh, Travis... It's, he's just been growing every project since Al Farrell. He's just been growing, and this year, I think last year or not last year with Birds, uh, yeah, with Birds. I think Birds was a great album. I just don't think, uh, like in terms of his albums, I would rank it dead last. Like Rodeo, or I would put this first. I would put Astro first, Rodeo, then Day, or then Birds. Um. I personally think Birds is his, and it's not a bad album. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying this is my uh, least favorite out of the three. Uh, he's just been growing every time, every album, every project. Uh, he's just been showing just some some substantial growth, and I think it showed this year with not only the the quality of his music, but um, just his his beat selection, his lyrics, uh, his visuals, his cover, the rollout. Everything was just so it was amazing to me. And it, it showed that he's been definitely taking his time with this because you remember he he announced Astro when he was still doing Birds or whatever or wrote I can't remember when he it was when he was doing another album so he's been working on this along with other music but he it showed that he he took his time with this entire process down from the from the rollout to the tour and even though he's just had to I think he had to cancel some dates because of uh, technical issues. I've been. I need to read into that a little bit. Um, some some of the guys I talked to, assuming it's the roller coaster or whatever, I want to read into that and see what's up. But, um, yeah, Travis had a great year, bro. Like he, he had the best year out of out of any solo act uh, in hip hop. Uh, I think for sure Drake is number two in terms of best album this year. I think Travis got number one this year though. I think I, 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 that's me personally. I mean, we can do another poll and see how people feel, but I think Travis took number one for best album and best who had the best year. Um, now, in terms of Astro, people think Sicko Mode is trash. I've seen quite a few people on social media say Sicko Mode is ass. And a lot of people say it's because of the how many times the beats, which I think that's unique to me. And I think... Um, it fits the theme of this album. It's a chaotic experience. And then you see the video, it fits. It's like everything goes together. It's it's like this, it's a roller coaster of a ride. 
and that's like I, like that's what I mean when it fits the theme of the album. It that's what it it comes off as. It's just crazy. It's insane. It's it's all over the place. It gets you just in different emotion. It it I think that it it did what it was supposed to. And people say it's ass because of the beat switch and I don't think that's a good reason. You got to convince me. Convince me as to why this ad, this this song is ass. I don't see it. I'm not hearing it. I'm not feeling that. That's a cap to me, bro. Um, now, some other things that's dropped recently. Uh, we had The Last Rocket by Takeoff. Not All Heroes Were Cakes by uh, Metro. Um, Metro shit was crazy. I think every song with Travis, speaking of, speaking of Travis, every song in there with Travis was great. Um, I was talking to a friend of my lord the other day. Uh, we we were talking about how like every every song just transitioned perfectly. Uh, every it was just a great project, except for like I think this shit would. Uh, it was like the second or third to last song. The little he had the dance hall vibe. I think I had Wiz Kid on it. Not a bad song, but I just won't feel it. I understand that you got to have something that stands out from the rest of the music on this album. Like, you got to have something that just has a different vibe. But I feel like, like, French even said, you could have just kept this all the way 100. You know what I'm saying? Kept it all consistent. I feel like it could have gone in a different direction. But um, I, I think he just wanted to show his range in terms of his, his uh, producing. Uh, I think he just wanted to show that he can step out of his his boundaries, his limits, and go do a little something different. And, he, and it was great. I think it definitely showed me a side of him that I never knew he could do. Uh, but you could have did that another time, dog. You know what I'm saying? That's, mm, nah. But take off shit, bro. I was disappointed, bro. I was looking forward to take off shit, and I was um I was talking to one of my boys out here, uh, my boy Jamal. Uh, you know, we were talking about just how uh, each of the Migos album were coming out, and he was saying Takeoff was gonna have the best one, and I had no doubt that Takeoff was as, at least gonna be better than Quavo's, which it kind of was. I'm still, I don't even know right now. I don't know, uh, but Takeoff shit kind of disappointed me. It sounded like a bunch of Migos throwaways that only he had verses for or something. I don't know. I just won't feeling it. Um, I know Offset shit gonna be crazy. Like that's the one I. I said was going to be the best from Jump Street. Offset was going to have the best one. Um, everybody, like, everybody on social media was taking takeoff. Uh, I don't know if that's a pun or not. That's up to y'all to decide. But I knew Offset was going to have, or well, it's still not still not here yet, but I, I think Offset's going to have the best one out of all three of them. Quavo's shit was just booty, like, dumpster material. Um... I don't think he should ever do another solo project. And somebody on a lot of people on Twitter just were saying like uh, these solo projects are showing that the Migos need to stay together. <laughs> like this ain't no uh, Destiny's Child type shit, bro. Like y'all can't just venture off and do your own solo acts and shit. Like it just don't work like that for y'all, especially with Quavo. Quavo is a hook guy. He's the guy who makes the shit catchy. Uh, and the Offset and Takeoff are the lyricists. But I think Offset is the better lyricist out of all three of them. And I've been saying that, and people are going to see that when his album drops. Now, if it is ass, and I say if, if it is ass, then come back. I want all the smoke if it's ass. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Now, the projects I'm looking forward to for the rest of the year is definitely between, uh, well, I got four. I got Rick Ross, uh, Port of Miami 2, 
uh, 21 Savage. This shit's dropping in December. I'm uh, looking forward to Meek shit. He was just on, uh, I think he was just talking to Ebro. Uh, and he played Ebro the album. Ebro was going crazy. Of course, he a hype beast, old head. Um, and Meek. It's just so funny hearing Meek talk, bro. I wish I had the clip to play, bro. His voice is just so high-pitched. Like, that shit is just funny to hear. Uh, but, uh, and then Kanye shit. I know I dismiss Kanye on Twitter. But with his, uh, I'm not fucking with politics no more. I'm focused on the art. Which I think is just a way to get people back in his good graces so he can promote this album and people will get it. But I think people going to get it regardless, even the people that don't fuck with him. I think it's still going to do numbers. But um, I want to hear this because it's, to my understanding, a sequel to Yeezus. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if it was him or Drake that said a long time ago that he would never do a sequel to an album because you can't. It was Kanye. Kanye said, like, it was like, I can't remember if it was during the Yeezus era or before. He said he would never do a, a sequel to an album because it's hard to recreate something like that. Like he was saying, like, imagine if he did a college dropout too. It was something along those lines. So, but to my knowledge, this is a sequel to Yon, or to Yeezus, which was to me the best album of 2013, hands down. That was my, and that album like really changed my perspective on music even more uh, than what it was prior to that. Um, just seeing how he took this experimental hip hop and did something so different from mainstream hip hop and him being a mainstream artist, it was just so different to hear that. So um, definitely looking forward to Yandi. Uh, I want to see what he does. I, that little snippet that he had on the the promo um, got me feeling like okay, this gonna be he gonna be in his bag for this one. I mean, he's always in his bag for when like I was telling my boy uh, Jamal. His lyrics might fall off as they have been declining, but his beats will never fall off. And this show, especially on Pusha shit and that had on Tiana shit, Nas shit, all that shit, his own kids, he goes, his production is never going to fall off, and I promise you it will never fall off. He's part of the reason why I got into this beat-making shit, into the music, you know, all this shit. Kanye's, like, his production will never fall off, and that's something that you got you to gotta respect that. Um, those are my albums though Rick Ross, Meek 21, even though 21 is not great on lyrics It's just, his shit is always just a, a vibe You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a vibe <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But I'm looking forward to it in Kanye I'm looking forward to all four Especially Rick Rick Ross is definitely number one He, like, I, I'm just ready to hear that shit he be talking about Uh, he, His lyrics will never fall off you know what I'm saying? He's always his his. I can never question Rick Ross's uh, his penmanship. His I don't. I think that's the word. Uh, he's just he's he's an efficient writer, an efficient. <laughs> I hate that I'm using the word efficient like he's a hooper or some shit. He's an efficient scorer or some shit. But he's he's just a great lyricist. Um, I don't feel like his verses ever lack. Uh, and I don't feel like anybody really at MMG. Um, their bars are really ass like. Rick Ross has like assembled this all star squad of, of writers and rappers. So I'm looking forward to that though. Um, but some other shit outside of music and NBA I want to talk about is uh, I don't know if y'all seen this new Halloween, bro. Y'all need to go check that out real quick. I just want to plug that real quick. That Halloween greatest movie I've seen this year. I ain't seen that many, but damn it, that's one of the best movies I've actually seen in years. So how about that? Um, I watched it. I went to the movies and saw it. I've watched it on uh, Put Locker two or three times. 
uh i love it it's just it i think it was the the perfect way to to do another halloween instead of like uh venturing off from rob zombies uh take on it or having another spin on it like where it's like you're doing something complete like another I don't know. I just like how they just did a sequel to the original movie and they paid homage to, to the other movies in it. it it's just such a unique uh, Halloween. Um, it was the first Halloween that I actually, like, it, it really instilled fear in me. Like, I was okay. Um, it, on a few scenes, I kind of was like, oh, I don't know what to expect. Kind of covered my face a little bit. I, I was a little shook. But I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed what I saw. I think they they left a lot of cliffhangers for the potential sequel, which I think is happening. I don't know about the third one. That's We're going to have to see when the second one gets here. I don't know if that's going to be next year, 2020. We'll see, though. Uh, I, I remember reading, they said they want to take it a day at a time and see how the movie does financially, uh, which I think is, from what I've seen, it broke records. So, expect the sequel. Um and they definitely, like I said, left a lot of cliffhangers that can be explored in the second one, like with the boyfriend. Because uh, once they broke up, you didn't see him anymore, like no mention of him or anything. Uh, so I think he should have got killed, but I think they're going to they gonna hold on to that until the second one. Uh, the breathing in the credits, you can hear him breathing in his mask. Uh, the granddaughter, she, the way they panned in on the, on the knife. Uh, when they escaped, it's just so many cliffhangers that are. I think they're gonna explore in the second movie, and it's obvious that they're hinting for a second movie. Um, you just gotta pay attention. Um, I also put up a now moving on from Halloween. I put up a poll the other day for what is the game of the year. Uh, we can. I want to create another discussion for that. I personally think it's between two games: Red Dead Redemption Two and Spider Man. Uh, I, I could do another poll. If if because I didn't get that many, but if I feel like we can get a little bit more feedback, I'll do another poll. Maybe include some other games that might be in the discussion. Um, but I think it's between Red Dead Redemption Two, which I've uh, I've loved. I didn't have the original Red Dead when it was hot when it came out. I didn't play Red Dead Redemption One until August this year. I went and bought the the double disc for like fifteen dollars. Uh, played that a little bit just to get acquainted with the game because I had Red Dead 2 on pre-order. So I'm like, listen, let's go see what it's about. Let's let's go see what what I should expect, some things that I should, you know, keep in mind when I'm playing the second game. Um, and it's dope how they did it. It's the prequel to the original game. So you start off with this character that you haven't seen before, and then you end up playing with John Marston. Or, yeah, John Marston uh, from the original game, and then you can go explore the original map, some of the original locations, um, on top of the new map and do all kinds of crazy shit. I just beat the main story, like a hundred percent the story, the campaign. I think uh, Sunday, because uh, like the first few days of the release, that's all I was playing. Like, I think I missed my first class that day, that Friday. Uh, I'm not gonna say if it was on purpose or not. <laughs> you can figure that out. Uh, played it like off that Friday, that Saturday, that Sunday. Um, and once I got to the point where I was playing John Marston, I kind of took a break because they had me fucking scooping shit. I was not feeling it. But went back into it, like, the last week and finished it off. And I was just in free roaming. Uh, I found the KKK on that shit. That shit is crazy. If you have Red Dead, go look into how you can find the KKK and go do that shit because that shit is fun as hell to murk them bitch-ass niggas. Um, 
I haven't played Spider-Man, though. My pops has it on his PS4. I still haven't played it yet. I'll try to play that when I go home again, just to get, you know, just to get a sense of what the game is like um, and have more of an opinion on what's the game of the year just based off the fact I played both games. So I might even throw 2K19 in the, in the discussion. I think this is the best 2K in years. Uh, it definitely, I, once they did 18 last year and introduced the neighborhood, I knew they were going to, definitely have a great year the next year which is this year uh because the neighborhood was just like it was it was of course new to the 2k community but i think uh they were just seeing what worked what didn't work um and they definitely made it a lot better this year because last year you had to run everywhere like oh my god everything was just stretched all over the place um you had to go you just you, it was just a hassle to play 2k18 sometimes and 19 they just made it so easier it's still just some things that can work on some things that should be implemented into the game some things that should be fixed um in terms of like the ui and shit like that but otherwise i think this is the best 2k in years it could be in the, in the discussion for best game of the year um that's something i might throw into a poll um also might throw in that call of duty uh with blackout Blackout kind of taking the the battle royale scene by the fucking throat, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, yo, I'm here, like, I'm here, you know what I'm saying? But I think it's definitely in terms of the Blackout mode, it's definitely competing with PUBG and Fortnite. PUBG is like an afterthought now with Blackout. Um, even for me, because I love PUBG, uh, it, contrary to what my uh, my homies say, <laughs> uh, I think they 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 say like. Uh, do you actually love PUBG or are you trying to love PUBG? It's something like that. I, I like PUBG. I've always I've always enjoyed PUBG. It's just the Xbox version is so ass, bro. Like I play the mobile version more than I play the Xbox version. Like I play on my phone mainly because my phone is it's I like playing on my phone because I have a bigger screen with the X, the XS Max. So I can see a lot more. I have a lot more control over what's going on. Um so I enjoy playing on my phone compared to that. And if I could play the PC version, I would, but I can't. Um, I'm not paying for another PUBG. Uh, sorry, y'all wasted pretty. I wasted thirty dollars pretty much on that console version. I'm not not feeling you right now. But yeah, man, this is. Uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up here, though. Uh, this was definitely a great first episode. Uh, we we touched a lot of topics. Um, we definitely addressed a lot of things. Um, I'm, I think the next episode I will try to have French over here so we can talk about some different things, uh, especially in terms of his music, my music, what we doing. Um, we'll dive into that a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, it's your boy. Thank you, brother. I'm signing out. Tune in for the next episode, episode two of Project Cap on the podcast app, the SoundCloud uh, dying app. That's man, fuck SoundCloud. Uh, I'll try to have this up on YouTube as well. Uh, and I'll try to have a. I'm I'm still trying to get that custom link worked out with the YouTube, so it'll be easier to access. But uh, check me out on the podcast app. Uh, first episode was the intro episode. Um, I'm kind of stumbling right now, just trying to close this out. But the intro episode is also up there, of course. And then we'll have this episode hopefully up there today, if not tomorrow. So thank you guys for checking in. It's your boy Tyb, and I'm signing out. Peace.